Welcome to On the Side with Jackie London, a BS-free podcast where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. Join me each week as I debunk diet myths, explore the latest wellness trends, and answer all of your pressing listener questions. Plus, we'll hear from a guest who will kick off each interview weekly with a soup to nuts rundown and, okay, sometimes analysis of what they're eating, cooking, ordering in, or where they're dining out with tons of delicious ideas, lots of laughs, and plenty of pro tips in between. The one thing I can actually guarantee, I'll serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to what works best for you. friends. What's happening? Today's episode of On the Side is awesome. I spoke to Daisy Jing. She is the CEO and founder of Banish Skincare. Banish is the first brand to essentially normalize at-home micro-needling, along with one of the first brands to advocate for no fragrance in skincare. This is a completely vertically integrated skincare brand, so the products are freshly made in small batches and made to order. So you can only purchase them directly on their website, which is banished.com, although that's linked here also. I had the best conversation with Daisy. I thought she was so inspiring, and actually I asked for her to come on the show because we had the opportunity to connect and I I had seen her TEDx talk, which I highly recommend watching. This is what true growth and badassery, if that is a word, of what it really looks like to be a badass female CEO is like in 2021. What I think is amazing about Daisy's story is that she has this personal history of struggling with cystic acne her whole life. She went to Duke University, was studying pre-med, and essentially found the solution to her own personal problem. And then, you know, fast forward about 10 to 15 years, Daisy, sorry if I, you know, added some years there, (laughs) Um, essentially is on stage at TEDx looking like and talking like and speaking with the um, presence and gravitas of a real CEO who knows her products inside and out. I just was so, so blown away by the fact that she had this, this story to tell for herself, but also that she went ahead, did it. It, did it essentially alone, at least to start, and started out as feeling really, really horribly insecure and ashamed and, and being called pizza face and slathering tons of products on her face to get rid of her acne, only to wind up standing there on the stage at TEDx sounding like someone who is really the next, you know, the current and the next generation of a badass woman who knows what she wants to do, who's on a mission that's very specific, very unique, and super focused, and basically started what she wanted to turn into Banish out of her kitchen, bootstrapping it, and it's now a multi-million dollar business from the ground up, started by Daisy. So enjoy this conversation, guys. She talks about something that really shook me, which was leading the skin positivity movement, which I just thought was awesome because we talk so much, you know, and I certainly talk a lot about body positivity and about, you know, what it norm- what it means to normalize acceptance, but then to still be able to feel like you have agency in something. So if you are interested in what it's like to be an entrepreneur, if you have questions 
questions about vertical integration and why that's beneficial. Um, this is really for you. Uh, it's also for you if you're curious about what it means to to practice any type of skin positivity or body positivity. What does it mean to start a business on your own? And how does that affect your everyday plans, your food choices, your how you're living your life? I, I mean, it certainly affects absolutely everything. And you will hear that from Daisy. So I hope you enjoyed this one. Um, as always, please feel free to DM me, light signal me, page me. I hope you enjoy this one. I can't wait to hear what you think. Okay, time for Daisy. But first, let's get to a quick listener question. Okay, guys, today's question is a little bit different. It's kind of a cool one for us today. So let's get started. It is, are there any kitchen appliances or gadgets that can make cooking healthy meals at home simpler, easier, or more accessible? Wow, such a good question. Okay, here's my take on this one. I think you can actually skip some of the fancy hyper marketing overdrive kitchen gadgets for the year. Um, and instead of like investing in some of these fancy water bottles or slow cookers or pots that do 25 things and also happen to take you to the moon, I I honestly think um, the coolest gadgety item that I've seen this year so far is the Apple AirTag. And here's why. I'm obsessed with the idea of this because if you've ever made it a goal to just simply start um, heeding really any of my advice, frankly, <laughs> but in general, to just start adding more water to your day, like if you've if you've made it a goal to you know practice that hydration habit, then it's likely that you've gotten plenty of gadgets, plenty of water bottles in your kitchen cabinets. Am I right? you know, like a fancy water bottle that's kind of hard to clean. And you're kind of like, why did I do this? Maybe I should just use a soda stream and call it a day. Any of that stuff. Okay. So the reason why we're not actually getting into the habit of drinking it is that it's in no small part due to the fact that our everyday lifestyles make that kind of hard. We're running around all day. We're going from our kitchen to our car, to our offices, to our, our gym, right? And in the process, we forget to take a water bottle with us, or we can't remember where it was the last time we saw it. If you're anything like me, this kind of thing is happening happening to you all the time. And water bottles are just one of many things <laughs> that I experience this with. And maybe that's just me and my clutter, but I would imagine I'm not alone in this. So that's what I'm loving about the air tags, which literally remind you that you've left your water bottle at home, right? Like your, your, I mean, if you guys have the, the Apple, the wireless headphones, you you will get a notification every time you're without the headphones, right? So as long as you have those notifications turned on, then anytime you're far enough away from your water bottle, your phone's going to tell you, right? So think about where you might incorporate some things like this, anything that helps you get in a habit of practicing these other choices that make it easier for you to do the things that you want to do, the, the things that make you feel a little bit more like you're in charge, like you're taking care of your personal health, that's where I think they're worth the investment. When it comes to other stuff, I would say the gadgets that maximize your space for your personal lifestyle. So like an air fryer that doubles as a rotisserie. I literally just saw this one. I think I'm going to look this up. Hang on, guys. I think it is called the Power XL Pro. Yes. It's both an air fryer and a rotisserie oven. Are you kidding? I mean, that's amazing, right? Like, especially when I'm working with heart healthy clients on reducing their total sodium in their diets, like automatically a rotisserie poultry item, rotisserie chicken, rotisserie turkey, really beats out any kind of deli turkey or deli chicken. So I think that's a great choice. Anything that, that makes it easier for you to make a recipe lighter or lower in sodium. So another great one that 
I just saw this Cuisinart air fryer and toaster oven. I love the idea of having an air fryer that doubles as something else because the truth is that air fryers are cool. They're great. There's some amazing recipes out there for air fryer use, but they can be kind of cluttery. <laughs> I think I just made that word up. They can they can take up a lot of space in your kitchen. So anything that you can do to kind of maximize that space, right? Like have a double, you know, air fryer and toaster oven in your home, that's going to make it easier for it to work for you. It'll go further for you. So you want things that maximize space for your own personal lifestyle. All right, so Apple AirTags, love them. When it comes to fancy gadgets, most of them I'd say skip and try out these air fryer slash toaster slash rotisserie ovens because those are kind of cool, I think. All right, that's going to do it for today's question. As always, please DM me at Jacqueline London RD with your nutrition, food, wellness questions. I'm here to help. That's at Jacqueline London RD on Instagram. And let's get back to the episode. doing it. Daisy Jing, welcome to On The Side. I'm so glad you could be here. Thank you for being here today and for joining me and for taking time out of your wood, wood, woodlands adventure. I'm going to call it a woodlands adventure. Would you call it that? I, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I try to make it sound like this is like my summer vacation, you know, out of the city, <laughs> going to, you know how like rich people, like they'll go to like uh, Wyoming, you know, or like, yes. you know, Montana. Yes. Montana. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my version. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A thousand percent. I also feel like using, I think I'm going to start doing that just to really throw people off. Uh, summering. I'm summering yeah, here. Summer, it's like a verb. Summer home. Yeah. Right. If if you make if you make a season into a verb, you mm. too can be a part of the point, you know, point zero zero one percent. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So for our listeners, tell us, give us a little bit of backstory, Daisy. Tell us your story. So I I've had really bad skin my entire life. Um since I was in third grade, I've had acne. My mom would put on the Neutrogena clear gel on my skin every day before I headed off the bus. And it really affected my life. Having acne at such a young age, I was desperate into trying to find a solution to get rid of my acne. So I tried basically every single product. I went to so many different dermatologists. You know, I took all this prescription medicine and I got to the point where my acne was so bad that my bed sheets were bleached, like, you know, with the yeah. chemicals that were in there. And then I would go to school and my shirt just had snowflakes everywhere from the skin flakes. Yeah. So I basically tried every single product out there. And when you're in high school and people are giving you unsolicited feedback about your skin, calling you pizza face, putting saying put a garbage bag over your face, all that, it really ruins your confidence. Of course. Um, it makes you think that yeah. all people are looking at is your acne and your skin. I mean, uh, whoa, wait, I got to stop. I have to interrupt you right there. But put a garbage bag over your face is something somebody said, like a human being said that. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot. And it was, you know, what was funny was it was this guy I wanted to go out to prom with and of I think course. he was like joking, like we were kind of joking, but yeah. it's like when you joke like that, you're like, oh, okay, ha, ha, ha. Right. Like it's like somehow normalizing that it's okay to say horrendous things 
that are hurtful. It's a cutting, like that'll stick with you forever. I just don't know. I mean, people are cruel. I just feel like, especially teenagers, but given that in a situation like that, in trying to give somebody the benefit of the doubt, it's just like the lack of understanding. Like, have you never had something that was physically on you that you didn't want somebody to see or that you were trying not to call attention to and then someone calls it out? It's just like the most atrocious thing I can imagine. I just feel like that's so, that's just so scarring. Like it's cutting. Yeah, it is. And it, I still remember it when you say it's scarring. Yeah. I still remember it. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Anyway, I interrupted you. Keep going. Yeah. And so I was determined to find a solution to fix my acne because nothing was working. So I wanted to become a dermatologist. So I, um, studied, you know, pre-med at Duke university and I took all the chemistry and biology and all those classes And during this time, I was researching all the ingredients in skincare. Mm. So I was going through all the ingredients and I was like, wait, why are there these ingredients? Like, why is there mineral oil in skincare? Why are there silicones in skincare? Why are, Mm -hmm. you know, fragrance? Why is the skincare bright purple? Like, where is that coming from? And I soon realized a lot of skincare ingredients, like a lot of the ingredients didn't need to be there. They um, were just there for the look and the feel and the smell, but they didn't actually do anything to the skin. So I documented all this journey on my YouTube channel over 12 years ago, and I started reviewing products like the skincare works, the skincare doesn't. This is why, no, why not? Amazing. And then I started actually making my own skincare because I had some background in chemistry and all of that, and I started concocting it. Uh, myself and using it myself. And then people started noticing that my skin had cleared up. So I wasn't intending on creating a skincare liner business. It was people just noticed it on my YouTube channel and they wanted to buy it or they wanted to use whatever it is that I was using because they were like, it's working for you. And that's how my company Banish started. So it was truly, literally an organic (laughs) experience. Yeah. Wait, so now when you use the term organic experience, I feel like you've taken it to a whole new level. From your background in pre-med, you essentially understood chemistry well enough to say this may have a positive effect on, like, I'm going to try these combinations of ingredients and see if they work. Like, how much trial and error was involved in that? You know, to be honest, there wasn't as much trial and error as I think people think. Yeah. There was just a lot of elimination of things you don't need in skincare, which... It like was people just paring think, it down. Right, people think right. it's rocket science, but it's also like, hey, like if you just don't use ingredients that are going to cause you to break out, your skin will look amazing. <laughs> totally. You know, you're totally. not, your wow. skin at its natural source should be good. Like your skin should be good. Like I feel like acne is almost a recent phenomenon. Like maybe a hundred years ago, they probably didn't right. have acne like they do now, but it's just all the crap we're putting on our skin and our bodies, et cetera. It's a call, cry for help, right? right. When our skin breaks totally. out. Totally. Totally. Okay. I want to talk about something that I saw in doing my light level of digital stalking. I mean, I wouldn't call it that light. I definitely stalked you online, but I want to get into um, this video that you did that really, really resonated with me about the way that we speak about skincare products and skincare product marketing about the anti-aging or free from, or this does not have, here's what you won't find in our products. Because I've found in food, this is often really misleading for just people looking for what 
is actually in their food to be clearly labeled and distinguished versus what's not in the food. So can you talk a little bit more about that, about your sort of point of view on that and and how you know, and how this kind of affected your process when you started Vanish, especially when it comes to the branding and speaking about what the products are. Yeah. So I think it's interesting how skincare, I mean, it's a huge marketing business. A lot of skincare is marketing. So, So, you know, anti-aging, is it really anti-aging or what actually makes it anti-aging or even anti-acne? Like what exactly makes it anti-acne? Because I mean, if you treat your skin good and you don't use products that cause your skin to break out, is that anti-acne or is it just good skincare? It's also like um, with eye cream, you know, eye cream is not actually much different than actual moisturizer on your skin. Um, sometimes they make it thicker. Sometimes they just label it as eye cream. What makes it, what makes it different? Right. (laughs) Yeah. What makes it different from just a moisturizer? Right. So yeah, there's a ton of marketing and labeling with skincare. And I think that's why it's really important for consumers to do their research and look at the ingredients of what they're doing instead of just looking at, oh, what is it called? And so people, when people ask me like, oh, is it for acne? Is it for this? I mean, anybody can use Banish. Like anyone can use Banish of all ages. You can be 60 or you can be 20. It doesn't matter because it's good skincare. So when you have good skincare, it should be anti-whatever, right? (laughs) Right. No, I love that. I mean, it's exactly, and that's exactly the same with food. It's like, it's not, it's really pretty basic. Like, and when people, you know, a lot of times, at least in my industry, I've found that there's a lot of criticism around, oh, well, research is only just now up to date, or we're only just learning X, Y, Z about in research. And I'm like, no, actually this research, there's been a body of research about vegetables for many years. (laughs) Like it's just like not so groundbreaking, but it's the application of what you actually do with it that's groundbreaking. Whereas it sounds like from you in skincare, it's the the fact that it is an actual science, like it's it's an actual chemical process that ha- that goes into creating products makes is sort of like the first level barrier to entry, especially as women. We're taught that like, okay, oh, I might not understand that or I don't know, you know, like there's that sort of hesitation around maybe I just don't know or maybe I just, I wouldn't understand that. So I'm just going to look for the simple marketing words of anti-aging, anti-acne, anti-whatever, right? So that I can find something that I'm looking for that will work for me when really what you're saying is, good skincare habits equal good skincare. Yes, exactly. Yeah, good skincare is good skincare. Yeah, so interesting. Okay, so there's many things I want to get to. So in the interest of time, let's talk about your current day-to-day. And then I want to backtrack a little bit to your experience. But let's talk about your current day-to-day. Walk me through what is a typical day in the life of Daisy Jing as the CEO and founder of Vanish and what and how, you know, how has this changed? And let's do it, of course, starting with breakfast. So first thing you wake up, what are you eating first thing in the morning? You know, it's so funny that I saw those questions and I wish <laughs> I could be like that, you know, that it girl on TikTok where totally. she wakes up at 4 a.m., drinks a green juice, meditates, <laughs> does a workout all before like 5 a.m., yeah, that's not me. <laughs> it's not me either. I'm, I don't know I'm if it is. here to dismantle the morning routine. Yes, my morning me routine too. is to is my morning routine includes yelling, <laughs> cursing, uh, struggling. It's just a lot of struggle. It's like <laughs> so I love that's it. that's the only thing that's routine about my morning. Otherwise, yeah, yeah I'm here to dismantle that. So yes, yeah. so please, more more honest the better. Um, so I'll wake up at like six or seven and 
Well, now because I'm I'm a mom, I have a 16 month old. It's been a little bit different. Whenever she wakes up, I wake up. Right. Um, but the past few weeks, um, she's been staying with her grandparents and stuff like that. So it's been really great. I wake up, I'll drink probably a Celsius energy drink. I don't know if you've had that. Ooh, they're delicious. I feel like those are tasty, right? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but when you wake up and like my throat always gets like yeah. clogged up and stuff. Me too. Yeah. An ice cold Celsius drink, that carbonation with that insane amount of caffeine really hits different. So I'll probably <laughs> yeah. drink half of that. And then I'll, I try to do a workout every single morning, um, like a Legree Pilates workout or a, like a cycling soul cycle, something just intense. Yeah. Because I feel like after I do it, it's like, okay, I don't hate my life anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. But it's like, right. it's like bro wakes up your whole. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise exactly. you're just like, oh, like in a slug and a slump. So I know. So that's my morning routine. <laughs> I try not to, <laughs> I try not to eat breakfast because just to, you know, to be honest, because I'm terrible at dieting. I'm terrible at like keto, all of that. So my way to like be healthy is intermittent fast. So I'll try to not eat breakfast if possible. Sometimes I do. So I'll try to eat like lunch as my first meal of the day. I'm a big fan of breakfast, but we can talk about that. Okay. We can talk about that another time. All right. So first meal is lunch. Okay. So what are we having for lunch? Right now you're in Washington, but if you were in LA at home, what would, like, would you be going out for lunch? Would that be a meeting time or would that be something? And you can give us, you can give us a a pre-2020 and a, and a, current state. Oh no, it's, it's the same. Um, <laughs> I don't cook. Yeah. Uh, I try not to buy groceries because I end up throwing all of it away. So, Oh, I know the struggle. With that. It's <laughs> so, a struggle. You know, I just like basically order food, like a wrap, uh, a salad. I mean, just anything. I'm pretty open, try to keep it somewhat healthy, but I'm not super like it has to be, well, sometimes I'll get a burger and fries. Like it really depends. But I try to keep right. it healthy. Kind of like what I, what I feel like that day. So yeah, I'll usually pick it up, do the mobile app, get a DoorDash, something like that. I know. You know, what's so funny is that I feel like since we've been in, you know, sort of post-pandemic trends that I wonder how this will inevitably evolve is like, I always felt like, or in, in a lot of workplaces that I've been in, it it's somewhat normalized to at least have something, a snack, a bottle of water, uh, whatever, you know, when you would be in a meeting with other people, especially if it was like through a mealtime. So like a breakfast meeting, lunch meeting, whatever. But I have felt so, I, I like I've definitely had moments over the past year and a half where I'll be in something where I like am trying to take a bite sort of off camera. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'll turn my video off. Right. Or like you shut off video so that you can chew and just not feel totally self-conscious about it. But I'm like, what happened to that? Like we used to do this. Like this was relatively a normal workplace thing, but like, is this going to come back? Because there's only so many times I can go up and down on the (laughs) the video. Right? Like you're like, this is actually, I wanted to eat, but now it became a workout. I'm like doing a sit up to try and get off camera. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny to think about that, about how that works now. I, I feel like that was relatively normalized, but yeah. But what about, what about since having your daughter? What's her name? Indy. Indy. So cute. So I can believe she's 16 months. That's so exciting. So what, what does she like to eat and how have your eating habits changed since she came into your life since she was born? Um, honestly, <laughs> a lot so of stuff hectic. I eat is just like her leftover stuff Good. she doesn't eat. She's the like world's pickiest eater. So it's always like playing Russian roulette. Like what is she going to eat? <laughs> 
What does she like to eat? I don't know. It depends on the It depends on the day. Depends on the day. It depends on, is it raining outside? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I love that. Okay. All right. So, and, and for dinner time, are you cooking or you're mostly ordering or you're, (laughs) no, we're ordering. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Waba Grill. Have you heard of that? Wait, I think I have heard of that broiler. It's just like, it's kind of like healthy. Like they'll do chicken or tofu over rice with steamed veggies. That sounds glorious. I mean, it's just easy and somewhat healthy. So that sounds great. Are there any restaurants in LA that you're really excited about that you really want to try? Is there anywhere that you've been like, oh, when the things start to reopen a little bit more, I'm definitely going here. Well, I was at, I don't know if you've been in New York City, Carbone. I had their oh penny vodka. It's so good. It's so right? good. I dream about that all the time. So that menu, that space, everything about it there is just it's so, so cool. authentic. Yes. I love right. it. Okay. So on that note, talked so much about this in your TEDx talk, which I thought was awesome. And Thank also you. I felt like you looked um, so calm, like, but like present, like, it's not like, I don't mean calm in like a, I'm sleepy way. I mean, calm, like you looked really like I'm here, I'm commanding this space and I'm here to give my Ted talk now. And it was so awesome. And I really felt like those three things are, were the perfect example of everything that you're talking about with like, with actually with your products, which is simple equals powerful and can have really lasting effects. And so I wanted, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that, which is amazing because I don't know how I always imagine that if this, if I were in a position like this, I would be like, I always get this like, like hand, like when I feel nervous, it's like a handshake, which is especially embarrassing if you feel like you're holding notes or you're holding a microphone. So, okay. So need to talk about that specifically. But also this was the line that I wrote down for myself, which is the biggest tragedy of our generation is the never ending struggle for perfection, which I feel like, whoa, I mean, so true. That hits me so hard because that really resonates with me in so many different ways. Let's start there. Like, let's start by talking about that sentence and what you mean by that and and where, um, and for those who haven't seen the TEDx talk, what, what the context was for, for that statement. Yeah, it was um, when I was trying to fix my skin to be perfect. I mean, it consumed me and it ruined my life because I was yeah. consumed with it being perfect. Like I would wake up. Is it a good skin day? Is it a bad skin day? Ugh. But then once I you know, made my first YouTube video where I just showed my skin and how imperfect I was, that's when all this amazing stuff happened in my life. So it seems like all the great things that happen in my life are just when I'm authentic and when it's like absolutely not perfect, but you just yeah. show up as you are anyways, even starting my skincare line. It wasn't, I mean, I told you the story, like it was just, yeah. I was using it on my own and people wanted to use it. So I just went with it. Right. I, and the pack, I mean, you can look at pictures. It was terrible. Like the packaging, everything was not cute. It wasn't perfect, yeah. but I did it. It's you know? amazing. Right. It's amazing. I honestly think that's amazing. And such an inspiring story just to think that you used what you used what you had, like you used what you knew, which was you already knew chemistry. You already had some kind of basic understanding of that going into it. And you used it to find a way to do something that felt like it was truly generally positive for you. And then it wound up being massive. Like uh, it's like the ultimate example. Thank you. Yeah. You don't need to be perfect in order to do something. And I think I think especially women and social media were taught a lot, like you have to be perfect in order to do X, Y, and Z, but that's not the case. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) 
<laughs> totally. I mean, I was thinking about it a lot in the context of body positivity. And I was, ta- I was talking to someone on a recent episode about this dichotomous kind of inner turmoil relationship between what it means to to do anything from a place of like acceptance versus the versus the idea of like a forced positive on something right like because you woke up arguably or from what i'm hearing you say you may have woken up that day and said my i don't feel good about my skin but i'm going to do this anyway because this is actually more important than how i'm feeling about my skin or like talking about it or getting this out there or sharing my story is more important than how i'm feeling about um this specific issue in my life right now i really feel like it's the ultimate example of practicing that acceptance in real life and just being like fuck it like i'm going for it like i i want to make sure that other people can hear from me and learn from this experience and also know that they're not alone which i feel like is the most important thing right yeah and i think when it comes down to it it's about giving and helping other people so when you frame it totally. as like helping other people totally. you don't think about like oh do i like perfect is my skin good blah, 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 blah. you just right. think like for me it was can i get these products to other people totally so on that note what were some of the logistics that went into that. You guys currently are direct to consumer, right? Yeah. We produce everything in house. So we have full control from just the beginning stages of the product to the end, which it's actually really fun. And it's really great. I'm really glad we've done that because it's like, if we want to change the bottle, if we want to change the packaging, like we, you know, our products are wrapped in corrugated cardboard instead of bubble wrap. I mean, we just do that. You know, we don't need to wait right. for like two years from bigger companies right. to right. do all that. So we have full control over stuff. And that also means we have full control over the integrity of our ingredients. So we actually get the raw ingredients and then we examine them. And wow. if we don't like them, we toss them and tell the supplier or find a different supplier, right? So we have full control right. over it, which I think is really amazing. And also our products are fresh to order. So if you order a product today, you know, we'll make it either today or tomorrow morning ship it out tomorrow and you get the freshest product available. So other products, other skincare, they're made a hundred thousand units at a time. And then they're shipped to retail stores and they have to stay there for six months or three. I don't know who knows how long, right. In warehouses and whatnot. Yeah. So our products are fresh to order. You know, it's just so crazy from creating the product to the marketing. Like we fully control that whole, that whole process, which makes it very, very easy for us to change and just make sure that each and every single step is on track and on par. Like there's no surprises basically. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. That's amazing. So going back to the TEDx talk. So when, so after this statement about this striving for perfectionism and wanting to, to sort of achieve something that we think is going to give us some sort of happiness, but it's also this kind of social media induced images of what we consider to be flawless for lack of a better term in this. You had three little mini tips that I felt like were so simple, but also really resonated and and really felt like hit home for me in a way that in a way that I just haven't really heard it be presented in such a in such a sort of simple but also straightforward and actionable way, which was stay solo, surrender your social, and be brave. Can you tell us about those three statements and and where you were coming from with those? Yeah. So stay solo is, um, I think we're just getting so much input everywhere all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's, what's Jacqueline, right? What's, what's Daisy at our core. Right. So right. I think there's always, it's very, very important to spend time with yourself and build that relationship with yourself. And 
you know, I've learned nobody can make you happy. Nobody can make you authentic. You have to do that. No one is responsible for that. So you really need to cultivate that relationship with yourself. And then when you stay, when you have some time alone, you know, all those noises can stop getting cluttered in your head. Um, Surrendering your social. I mean, sometimes I'll just, you know, go on social media or whatever. I'll just go down this negative spiral. It's just like this spiral of... The doom spiral. Spiral. The, the doom scroll. Right. Yeah. yeah. So hundred percent. I've learned like, like a new meaning of doom scroll. I know that that's probably not <laughs> what was meant by doom scroll, but it's like its own version of doom scrolling. Yes. Totally. Yeah. So um, so I'll just have to stop. I'll literally have yeah. to be like, put the phone down, put it down, yeah. like daily put it down. And it's funny because now that you know we do a lot of marketing, all these companies like they have literally the world's smartest people programming how to get you addicted <laughs> completely and completely yes yeah so it's it's nothing wrong with you like it's really hard to put it down because they're trying to make you addicted so you just really have to learn like okay i need a break or i need to stop doing it because it only it's so easy to go down that negative spiral um, of yeah. comparison and then um be brave i mean you gotta, you gotta go out there and, and live you. And that's very hard. Like to be authentic is the hardest thing to do, I think. Yeah. Because there's just so much pressure from everybody. Right. But once you can fight against that, like you just feel like, oh my gosh, this lift from your shoulders, like all of the stuff, all the pressures from people, from society, from friends, it's like, it's Mm. gone once you can stand up for who you really are. Um, but that is the first step. Like it's definitely not easy to be authentic or to be true to yourself. And I think, yeah, I think this word, as you mentioned, authentic is kind of being pushed around like authentic, authentic, authentic. What does that mean? (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) Right. There's a lot of courage and bravery when it comes, when it comes down to being authentic, it's definitely not easy. And it's not just a word you say. It's not just something you yeah. do. <laughs> you know, it's it's so funny you say it like that because I, I think what almost, and tell me if this is wrong, but it's like almost what you're getting at is like, it just doesn't have to look the same from day to day. What's authentic to you and being true to who you are can be a different thing from Monday to Wednesday. It, it just, you know, within, it's sort of like within, within your own limits, like within your own scope, what, what does authentic mean to you? So like, I think there's like this idea of, I mean, I've always interpreted the word authentic or like what it means to like, when people give the advice of like, just be yourself. And I'm like, what, who's just themselves in a job interview or like on a first date or like whatever it is, like in what scenario are you just being yourself? Like, like we were talking about, about zoom. This is, it, it just, what about when just being yourself would be rude because you don't want Joe from accounting to have to see the lettuce in your teeth as you eat your lunch on the zoom call, right? Like there's like a certain kind of degree of what exactly does that mean? But I think what it means is really it's dynamic within your own personal priorities. Like what's really important to you? How do you want to make sure that that is known to whoever you're speaking to or to whom you're sharing your message or how you get the word out about what you're talking about so that you can do the real work, which is to help people. Yeah, for sure. And I think also when you're by yourself, you can kind of figure out like authenticity because when you're by yourself, you're not trying to prove anything to anybody. So like, how are you when you're by yourself? And I always challenge people to do things on their own that maybe they're not comfortable with, like go travel by yourself or go take this class. I mean, you don't need to wait for somebody, you know, to do it with you. Just 
go, go and do it. If that's authentic to you, go and do it. Yes. I like, I like that so much because I was thinking about, I was thinking about, I know you mentioned this in the TEDx talk and I was like, oh, I really loved like traveling on your own is its own unique joy. Like you're on your own schedule. It's the greatest thing in the world. I, I love, love to it. go to a restaurant by yes. myself. Also. Me too. And I, I go to movies by myself too. Oh, the best, the, the best. best. It's like a little, like talk about self-care. Like that to me is like true self-care. I also love that you said that because especially right now, I feel like there's so much of this messaging about, and, and granted, this may be some of the shedding of my former corporate life, but I, but like at this moment in time, I feel like it is a unique thing to hear someone who has had the journey that you've had and the success that you've had, you know, and, and hopefully not, I'm knocking on my glass desk also, the, the continued growth and success that, oh, that you. you've had. And also to be able to be honest about that, that sometimes, you know, it's, it's not just being like getting rid of everyone in your life, but it's about the, the focus, like the staying focused, because I find myself doing this all the time where there's something that I get really excited about. And if I share it too soon, or if I have this idea and then I ask someone else who's less informed about the topic, but I just kind of wanted that, I, I guess, you know, you're sort of like seeking that external validation. You you're not going to get the answer you want, nope. right? Like, <laughs> no, don't so tell anyone. <laughs> but there's this like pressure of like togetherness, connect, be together. Like we're in this together. Like I'm so tired. If anyone says that to me one more time, I'm like, oh no, my we gosh. are, right? Like we are, but like we're also, we're not. <laughs> we're not, we're not. I mean, look at. <laughs> right. Like here we are on our Zoom. You know, but in like, and that's a positive because like, there's so much good that comes from that, which is that we get to do things like this. Not that the pandemic has any real upside, but I mean, there, this would be like those the sort of like silver linings of some of that stuff is like we're all in this together. If I just can't hear it anymore, we're not. Sometimes you can't just like base your concept of what works based off of what works for somebody else. Like you kind of have to figure that out for yourself. Um, but I also, as, as I'm saying this, I'm like, this is only something that I can say at 35 that I feel like I could not say at 25 yet. I don't know how I would have gotten from A to B without those 10 years. You know what I, (laughs) like, it's sort of like you want people to know that and really feel that, but also I feel like some of it comes from actually doing it yourself, actually finding it on your own. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, you, you just have to do it on your own. You can't rely on someone to gr- put their hand out and be like, here, let me show you the way. I mean, right. maybe that happens for some people, but I mean, for me and this whole journey, it was me doing things on my own and me staying authentic to that course. I mean, I think a lot of people, they want to start businesses, but they're like, oh, I'm waiting for this. or I'm waiting for the right partner. Yeah. I'm waiting for the right investors. I'm waiting for, right. they never get to it. I just went out and did it. Right. (laughs) Right. And if I had been waiting, I would still be waiting. So I think it's just really important that, yeah, you prioritize that relationship with yourself and you go after what it is that you want, because otherwise, you know, you're going to, you're going to be waiting. (laughs) Totally. I love that. I love that. Wait, so can you, so will you give us like, give us like one nugget, (laughs) one sort of piece of wisdom of like, you know, you, you want to start a business, you want, and it can be in any industry. Like what would, what would you tell someone who's just starting out? I think you just have to do, do it. I think you just have to do it. Um, yeah. 
I would say build an audience or a following. I think that's really, really important. And that brand and that, I mean, I don't want to say authenticity, right? But, but just that, that thing, like that brand, that messaging, that audience, I think is really important because, you know, people can make whatever products they want, but they can't be you. Right. So you have to make sure you work on that and then get that out there. Yeah. I mean, what's so interesting about your story and about your, about the, the trajectory of the company and where you, where it started and where it's going is that really your brand is that it, that it works and you were able to show people. And I feel like that because you wound up, because you had built up an audience, that ability to show people, this is how it works. There's a lot of crap in the other stuff. This is an end-to-end business where we know what's going in our products and we're hyper aware of that and we're creating it fresh for you is almost like, it's almost like the product and the brand are synergistic. Like they're, they're almost like the same thing, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And I always say, if I hadn't had my YouTube channel, I don't think this would have ever gone anywhere. Right, right. Because you were able to sort of show it exactly exactly what. It was so random. Like, it wasn't like I was intending to show it. Like, people were naturally just following me because they liked what I had to say. Right. And then, yeah, it was just very, very, uh, I don't want to overuse the word authentic and organic, but it literally was. Yeah. True. Yeah. It's so interesting. Okay. All right. So on that note, you, we talked about solo travel, which I'm really into. If there was anywhere in the world that you could go right now, or that you've been to that has the great, that you felt like the food was amazing. You had a really memorable meal, a really memorable investor meal. Hmm. I think when I was in Porto, Portugal, there was this like hole in the wall, like hole in the wall, red brick place in someone's basement place with a bunch of sausage and cheese and wine. And it was, it was so like hole in the wall. Like it wasn't fancy or anything, but it was so authentic. Like all of these Portuguese sausages, sausages I've never had or known there was. And just that ambiance and that vibe. And it was like, wow, like this is what life is, you know, it's not about all the fancy (laughs) China and, you know, the fancy tablecloths and all that. It was yeah, very, very um, fresh, organic, uh, and great, great food. So great food. I feel like Portuguese food is so underrated, and Portuguese wine is also. Oh so my underrated. gosh! Yes, out of this world, and it's, it's so cheap. It's like one euro. Um, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm hesitant to say it too much because I'm like, I don't want. I don't want other people to know. Like, why well, want to keep this between us? Like Portugal. Yes. Oh, go there. Amazing. Especially Porto too. When I went, it wasn't um, super touristy or crowded. I just love that. Like, I just love how I felt like I was living in the culture. Right. Right. 100%. And so mm-hmm. like, I've, I've found it so friendly. Like, everyone is just so friendly, so welcoming, so excited to have you there as an American. I just feel like there's so much to love about that, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's like a really welcoming experience that happens also around the table, which is, um, which is something that you is sort of hit or miss depending on where you are in the U S I feel like, you know, sometimes you'll really get that other times you'll feel like, Oh, what am I doing here? I don't know where I am or I, you know, I'm not really, I'm just here. I'm just like a a body in the room that is this restaurant or whatever it is. So how many products do you guys currently have under Banish? I think we have like seven, seven or eight. And we try to keep it really 
minimal, as you can see, like there's a lot that goes into a product, all the little things you need to, you know, uh, maintain and uh, make sure you're doing everything right. So yeah, we try to really keep it as minimal as possible. And I always say like, if it's not an amazing product, like I don't, I don't want it. (laughs) Like I don't want I don't want to even get into it because it's just so much work, you know, um, so what are, what are the current, what are, will you give us a little sort of, I guess like an overview if there's seven or eight, but you don't have to go into each one, but just like a a sort of basics of, of what the product, um, set includes or like what the, the the portfolio, if you will. So the starter kit includes the banish kit, which is our at-home microneedling tool and the banish oil, which is our vitamin C serum, the pumpkin enzyme wow. mask, vitamin C cream, beauty elixir, and then the fighter gel. And then we have a cleanser. So what is that? Seven or eight. It depends if you count the banisher as <laughs> a product or if you count the kits as a product. But awesome. <laughs> in there. I love it. That's so good. That's so good. And so um yeah, I just love that like even just hearing you talk about it, I'm thinking like, yeah, exactly. These make all this makes all of the sense. You've got <laughs> like you've got the vi- like you've got your vitamin C, like you're keeping it fresh. You want to make sure that you're only using what someone with acne actually needs and not what they don't need. And therefore there's a level of meticulousness that goes into this. And then if you don't feel like it's gonna be effective enough, then it's getting the boot. You're just not going forward with it. That's so powerful. Yeah. And we, we really try not to chase trends. Like I know trends. Yes. It's not, I mean, like, what was it? The bubble masks were really popular. The sheet masks are popular. Spin brushes are popular. They're no longer popular. It's like, okay, fashion can be a trend, but your skin should only be a trend. So, um, because we don't really chase trends, we've rarely ever launched new products. So we can really keep the integrity of our products intact. Mm -hmm. Leading with effectiveness. Right. Like, Yes, I love you can, that. You can take it. That's yours. Oh, I just thank I you. said it. We're I gonna... said it. I was like, that's a good one. Yes, she can. I love have it. it. That's You're you. Branding queen. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy, thank you so much for doing this. I'm so glad that we got the chance to chat um and that we had the opportunity to talk to you. I just feel like this is your you are really the real deal. And like having something that you, you know, that I think is is such an um you're like, you're totally right that there are tons of skincare trends, but that ultimately finding what works for you is really what your message is about. It's really your personal story too. It's not just, it's not just the brand. It's you found what worked for you by really going and working so hard at it to find out what, what would be the most beneficial, what would serve you the best. And, um, I feel like there's just like so much to be inspired by about that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. I love your energy and I love being on here. So much fun. Yay. Thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode of On the Side with Jackie London. If you enjoyed today's episode, please snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at Jacqueline London RD to let me know your favorite takeaway from any part of the episode. If you're loving the show, if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd love to listen to here, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can scroll down on your podcast app to where it says ratings and reviews and rate this one five stars, of course, and share your feedback. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in 
and start feeling more empowered and living better, one meal or snack at a time. Of course, be sure to follow On The Side wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you won't miss out on any episodes. And remember to check us out. Check out the Q&A deep dive on the On The Side YouTube channel. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Keep in mind that any advice provided on this podcast is based off of my clinical judgment and application of research and practice as a registered dietitian, and it should not take the place of medical advice from your own personal physician. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.